Hello, and welcome to the Viva Wellness Podcast. My name is Jarrell. I'm Rachel. You said that very, like, intentionally today. Like, instantly. Yeah. I changed my emphasis. Oh, it was very, like, zen. <laughs> it wasn't? Like, hello, welcome to your spa experience. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe. Was that not intentional? That was not intentional, no. Well, we don't have a spa experience for you We today. do not. Um, we are going to instead talk about conflict, which is <laughs> the opposite of the spa and experience. Yeah, there's no relaxing vibes here because we are going to talk about how to manage conflict in intimate relationships. And originally, we had actually five minutes ago before we started recording talked about the difference between intimate relationships and what we mean by that and why we're not calling it romantic relationships because that's what it's going to start to sound like and I think that is where it's this is going to be most applicable but so we're starting from this framework of romantic relationships um mostly because I think the main difference between committed romantic relationships are you can't necessarily manage conflict in the way that you might with like a friend or a coworker or a family member in that sometimes when you, they, somebody's just really pissing you off, you just take a break from them. Like, oh, you know, if they message me, I'll respond, but like, I'm not gonna go out of my way to talk to them and I'm not gonna make it a point to see them. And you know, in a week or two, when I feel better, we'll reach out, we'll Zoom and it'll be fine. Right. In romantic or intimate relationships, it's really hard to do that. You're not really supposed to take a break for an extended period of time from your partner, especially if you live together, especially if you're married, Mm -hmm. um, without there being larger implications. It's just not what most people have agreed to when they agree to getting into a relationship. But I also want to extend that out because there are other relationship dynamics that are not just romantic, where the same thing kind of applies, right? Like roommates actually are probably a really good example of this. I Mm. I guess you could give your roommate the silent treatment, but that comes across as probably really different than you mean it (laughs) and maybe petty and not cool. And you can't really just like not see them because they're in your space. Um, I mentioned coworkers earlier, but there's obviously some coworkers that if you're maybe coworker slash friend, you can't really not talk to them if, they're in the office next to you or the desk next to you. Um, And Jarell, as I say this, I realize that you and I have had a lot of experience in which that applied to us because Mm -hmm. like right there, Mm -hmm. uh, for those people who don't know, uh, Jarell and I had the same first job out of grad school in which we had desks that were literally next to each other. Yes. So (laughs) not a lot of avoidance happening there because it's literally in your face. And obviously now if I wanted to take a break for like a week plus from Jarell, it would have to be explicit because it's hard to run a business together when you don't speak. And therefore would have a lot more implication and hit a lot harder Mm -hmm. than if you're just like, oh, you know, I'm just not making an effort. Right. So sometimes with those people, as much as you might love them, you're going to have conflict. And so we want to talk about how you manage that when it's not an option to really just kind of cool off. You don't have space, I think is probably a good way to say it. Right. Or as much space. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Cause as much as, you know, if I say to my husband, for example, like, Hey, I just need a timeout. Like, 
house is only so big. <laughs> He's still here. Right. Um, and, you know, I don't know, maybe some people have this arrangement in their relationships, but I would think the other person would find it really off-putting if someone said like, hey, can you just not live here for a few days? Like, that's <laughs> not, that's not cool. It's not nice to kick people out of their homes. Right. Well, and then also if people are staying in the space, in the home, like that vibe is no bueno, right? <laughs> right? Like the energy there, you, like you can only hold on to that tension. Well, hopefully you can only hold on to that kind of energy and tension for so long until it then, as you said, becomes like representative of this bigger thing. A hundred percent. That is the worst energy and tension. Yeah. I like, hate that so much, regardless yeah. of if the fight is big or, right. you know, it's going to be resolved at some point. It's just this idea of like that, you know, there's nothing more to say, but people are still mad and like, you're still here. Mm -hmm. It's just so uncomfortable and awkward. Right. And I think it can lead to maybe something blowing up more than it normally would because you mm -hmm. have to sit in that space. That's just yeah. so uncomfortable versus right. Like with a lot of people, you just would take space, like extended mm -hmm. space and say like, okay, you know, I had a fight with this friend of mine on Saturday. And so maybe I'm just not going to talk to them till Tuesday. Cause I just need to cool off. And like, it's mm -hmm. fine no bigger implication, but like, I'm still mad. And so I'm just not going to have this person in my face. Right. Whereas, you know, obviously if you share a home with someone, regardless of who that person is, like that's a lot harder to do. Right. Uh, and either way, even if you're kind of agreeing to give each other space, like you said, there's that tension sitting mm -hmm. there. Um, so yeah, I think it applies most probably to committed partners, married, mm -hmm. living together, whatever, but there are definitely other relationships that you can apply that to. So just think of anybody who it's pretty hard to take space from in your life. And so we're talking to you. Yeah. So my number one thing, and I work with a lot of couples on this is sometimes you just have to let shit go. Mm. One of the difficult things with kind of having someone always in your space in whatever capacity is that it's probably almost more likely that they're going to piss you off or annoy you. Right. Um, the more time you spend with someone, you know, it just, the odds are stacked against you, I guess. Yeah. And given that you can't make a big deal out of everything, like everything can't be a big deal because that's all you'll talk about. If you start kind of unless that person up, is annoying you, right? <laughs> like all you'll you'll just go back and forth about like right. oh I didn't like this comment or oh don't do like it'll yeah. just be incessant, and so some things you just have to let it go. Like you have to just be annoyed or be irked or be irritated and manage it internally. And I think this is a fine line because obviously that can go too far, mm -hmm. in which you're not talking about things that need to be talked about, but everything does not need to be talked about it just it's exhausting and it'll really make the person start to feel like wow does this person like even like me like right. obviously they're you know they have an issue with everything why are we even doing this in whatever context of the relationship this is mm -hmm. and so there are just some things where just like accepting that you're going to be irked is part of building this type of closeness with someone like they're going to do something whether it's something they say, or maybe they chew loudly, which like, to be fair, maybe that's not a non-negotiable. I like realize how offensive that is to me as I said it, but something to that effect where it's just like, let it go. Um, there are many days 
where I will walk around the apartment and see things like little things, like pieces of paper that are like left on the floor that I know my husband has like walked by this area. And I'm like, what is wrong with you that you don't pick this up? He doesn't see it. I don't know if he needs his vision checked or what. I mean, um, there is that. I, I mean, actually, I said this <laughs> because so we talked about this yeah, conversation. You should probably go to the end. Um, but, you know, I was trying to be snarky, but I realized like that was actually maybe a little. Right. But like, it just doesn't enter into his like consciousness, and that annoys me. <laughs> like, I'm very irritated by that. I can't, it just what it is. Like, I'm gonna be irritated, and it'll be fine. I'll forget about it ten minutes later. And a lot of things I think fall into that category. Mm -hmm. And so if they do, you know, really take a look at all of the things that you find yourself getting irritated with, like, do they really matter? Mm -hmm. And I think a good rule of thumb is like the, will this matter a week from now rule? Mm -hmm. Will this matter two days from now? Whatever framework of time you want to put in there. And if the answer is no, maybe that's a thing you just let go. Right. And that way you're not constantly in the state of conflict and you're accepting that like, hey, no one's perfect. No two people get along perfectly. And so sometimes you just have to let it go and it's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, um, so I'll piggyback, which I just realized is such an odd turn of phrase. Like, where did that come from? You know, yeah. now that you say that, <laughs> and this, is, this might sound weird, I feel like you would be really anti-piggyback rides. Like both giving and receiving. No. No? I mean, as a grown person with like a, a not a young back, yes, <laughs> but. I, I don't know. You said that and I was just like, yeah, that just sounds like something like you'd be against like on principle. No, like, no, it's cute on principle. Oh, I don't yeah. understand how it started. Right. That's, I'm like, where did this come from? And also, why do we call it that? I don't know. Do pigs ride? Right. <laughs> like that doesn't seem likely why because of their general shape and like oh yeah that would right? but technically it doesn't seem likely for humans either it doesn't make much sense for us yeah but i can't even see how you would like adequately like finagle it with if you were a pig okay well if there are any farmers out there or <laughs> pig experts do your pigs piggyback out there? Let us know. Yes. Or just if you know where the word came from, I mean, we could Google it and I'll probably yeah. we're done. But yeah. I, I do enjoy things like that. So if you do know, please let us know. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, like to piggyback off of that is a little bit of a counterpoint, but not really. Um, <laughs> and, and this is um, just the idea of nipping things in the bud. Also another weird phrase um language wow so it's like this idea of yes there should be those things that you kind of assess and explore for yourself in which you say all right is this going to matter two days from now is this going to matter a week from now if not i probably just need to let it go right then for the things that you can't let go of or that they'll still matter after two days or a week or whatever it's better if you can answer that question, you say, yes, this will still matter then, is then like sooner than later, address that issue. Mm -hmm. um, because I think that um, one of the things that really disrupts close relationships is resentment. And 
one of the ways you can kind of get at that is to nip things in the bud. You can address them quickly um, because I, I see this happen, not even just with people in romantic relationships, but you know, with clients all the time about you know, them holding on to these things that are actually really important to them. And that actually disrupts that relationship and it kind of erodes at it over time. Like I often think about it as like, I mean, this is morbid uh, also po post earth day. It's kind of like sand, you know, being taken away by the ocean is that, okay, you have this beach, but like over time, if you're not protecting it, it's going to erode. And that's what happens when there's these un, there's so much unfinished business is that you just erode and erode and erode until you really don't have much beach left. And, um, so like being able to initiate those conversations sooner than later, when you know those things are important, I think is critical. Yes. I'm going to piggyback on what you said. And then I have a somewhat counterpoint. I like how mm -hmm. we're prefacing things before we say them today. Right. <laughs> we don't this is to the mood. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yes, I agree. I also think a good question to ask yourself before you do that is what is this really about? Mm -hmm. Because For sure. I say this all the time to clients and also like to people in my life. One of the things that is a pet peeve of mine is when like I say to somebody, hey, you did this thing and it hurt my feelings. And they say some version of like, well, I didn't mean to. And in my mm. head, I'm like, no shit, you didn't mean to. Because if I thought you meant to, right. if we you're would be gunning for me, we have a problem. Right, like right. you wouldn't be here. Right. I, like, I, like we're close. My God, I hope not, right? Like otherwise, yeah. like we have to really reassess some things. Mm -hmm. And so that becomes not relevant. Yeah. And so... I say this to say that most people in your life, I hope, are not doing like wildly offensive things that are so blatantly wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, like no one's walking up to you and kicking you in the shins or mm -hmm. like setting you on fire or calling you names <laughs> or insulting mm -hmm. you to your face, right? I'm hoping that that's not a thing that's happening or else that is a different podcast you need to listen to. That is a different problem. Right. So what someone's doing is probably up for interpretation, meaning like if you take away all emotions and, and whatever attachments you want to put on it, it, it's pretty neutral, right? Like they said something that was taken the wrong way. They forgot about something that was actually really important to you. And they, you know, you wish they had realized the importance. Um, they didn't show up for you in a way that you expected them to, like whatever it is on the surface, it's not like insanely mean and evil. Mm -hmm. Um, so it is good to ask yourself the question of then therefore, why does it bother you? And I say this not as judgment, not to right. say it shouldn't bother you. It can bother you if it bothers you. Right. Um, that just is what it is. But being able to understand why the thing the person did is significant to you right. helps you actually have a real conversation about it versus almost like this philosophical debate, because mm -hmm. obviously the person doesn't think what they did was a problem or else they would not have done it. Right. And so if you kind of come at them as if the truth you hold is their truth, this is where you get a lot of back and forth of just like, oh, you did this. No, I didn't. Yes, I did. Like it, it just, you're not getting anywhere versus if you can say, hey, you did this thing and it made me feel this way. And here's how I perceived it. 
and here's why it hurts me. Now you're actually having a real conversation about your feelings because this comes up all the time with like household chores. Mm-hmm. Whereas someone will be livid that like someone else didn't vacuum or empty the dishwasher or make the bed or whatever. And like the person who has the beef of like, you didn't make the bed finds that to be like this egregious thing for some reason. Mm-hmm. And the person that didn't make the bed is probably sitting there like, what the hell is wrong with you? It's a mm-hmm. bed. Like, why yeah. are you coming at me for a bed? And then there's just hostility and anger back and forth and you're not getting anywhere. Whereas their point is kind of true on the surface, right? Like it is a bed. Why does this bed matter to you? It clearly does not matter to everyone. That's not to say it shouldn't matter to you, but why does it matter to you? Because that's actually the heart of the issue. And that's actually the problem that you're having, not the unmade bed. It's what does the unmade bed mean to you? So if you can ask yourself that question of like, what is this really about? You're opening it up to one, not assuming that everyone sees the world the same way you do. And two, to really talk about what's actually going on for you that is problematic. Um, I say this a lot in couple sessions and people like have a really hard time, regardless of how apparent it might seem to you, Mm-hmm. Assume the other person doesn't know until you tell them a bed mm-hmm. is not the same to everyone. Right. So by having the conversation with what is this really about for you, it just skips a lot of back and forth and frustration and probably screaming. Mm-hmm. My counterpoint to what you said is also kind of a counterpoint, not to, like, not anyway, it's not mm-hmm. a full counterpoint. I was trying to think of like what a word would be for like a half counterpoint, you know, like half shelf life. Okay. Like that. I I, I don't know what the word would be. It doesn't matter. You absolutely should address something sooner rather than later, but I'm putting an asterisk on that to say in an appropriate, and I'm putting an air quotes time. Because for a couple of reasons, one, it's just respectful. Um, let's say someone says something to you as you're about to go to bed and you know that they have to get up really early the next morning and it's not earth shattering, maybe hold it, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Just hold the conversation. Don't not do it. Cause I think this is where some people go awry. Right. Hold it until an appropriate time or a more convenient time that's respectful and is going to not stress the other person out or you out, right? Sometimes you gotta hold it for yourself. Um, You know, on the way to work, for example, maybe not be the best time to start an hour long conversation. Right. Um, You know, if the person's had a hard day and you wanna talk about something that happened that morning, you know, maybe just like wait till the next day instead, if it's not earth shattering. Sometimes there are things you just have to say right? and that happens, but everything probably shouldn't be that. So mm-hmm. I would just kind of add that in there of like, make sure it is a time where you're not bludgeoning you or the other person with additional stress that could be avoided by shifting when you have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just to continue that, I think, um, and so we're getting at some of this in what we shared so far, but more explicitly, you know, it's really important in these close relationships to be able to fight fair. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm, listen, I'm just gonna 
say it is that most of us don't learn how to fight fair on our own. Mm -mm. Um, We see people in our lives. We see things on TV. um, And, you know, we're partners in conflict or, you know, close relationships are in conflict. And it is actually really awful. Um, This is part of the reason why I cannot watch most reality TV um, because it's actually painful. I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) like you are abusing each other for entertainment. But that's another conversation. Um, So being able to fight fair, you know, is like considering what Rachel was saying, like an appropriate time. But it's also like, you know, some basic kind of agreements of like, hey, maybe we're not going to call each other names. Um, maybe we are going to try and make sure that each conflict can actually be productive, right? Let's not fight for the sake of fighting, but for the sake of trying to find resolution or trying to work through something. Um, and we actually have a really, if I say so myself, a good blog post about (laughs) that, that I wrote, um, about fighting. So not only do we have it, I'm pretty sure you wrote yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, uh, on how to fight fairly. And it's something like, it's something I talk about with clients often, just like, how do you actually respond in those moments? What do you do? How do you make it productive? And um, yeah, I think it's really important. And um, yeah, it's just, it's not stuff that uh, most of us learn um, unless you probably end up in therapy, to be honest. And you know, having those kind of communication skills is really crucial. Um, and so, you know, being able to learn like some basic things of, you know, how to make each point of conflict, pro- each point of conflict productive is really, really important. And yeah, I mean, I think that um, I always say to people that conflict sucks. One, I hate it hate it, hate it, hate it. I hate that. I hate the feeling of that tension. Um, But one of the things that's been helpful for me to kind of recognize is that through that tension, there's also potential for greater intimacy and greater closeness and greater understanding. So if you can actually be, if you can fight fairly, then you also don't have to fight about fighting. Right. You don't have to respond to the hurt you got while you were fighting, because if you're fighting fairly, you don't get hurt while you're fighting. You just get to focus on the issue, the issue at hand. And that, like every conflict is potentially not always, but is a potential opportunity to show one another that you're working hard on the relationship and that you care and that you're invested. And that can help reinforce that closeness. So that's why it's important to have those limits and boundaries about how you're fighting too. Yeah, 100% agree. And I will very much double down on the idea of not fighting fair mm-hmm. is more likely to cost you the relationship than whatever it is you were fighting about to be A 100%. Honest. Um there are, and, and I will say this, no one's perfect at it because of even course. very similar to how, you know, I'm hoping no one's like just blatantly name calling, which like mm-hmm. I know people do, but like, it hurts me to think of that. Yeah. Um, but they're just comments people make that mm-hmm. I can tell you 
in with a lot of relationships like i don't remember how the fight started but i'll remember a comment that was made hundred percent things years later mm-hmm. um, even if the fight and the, if the issue has been resolved right <laughs> and so it's kind of un- unavoidable mm-hmm. that that might happen at some point because you never know what's going to trigger somebody and you can't completely be in someone's head right but what you can do is avoid statements that are just said to cause hurt right Right. Like when you call someone a name or are like saying something volatile to get a reaction, that is the only purpose of it. And Mm -hmm. you really have to stop and ask yourself if you reflect on this and think that you're someone who does this often, what is the point? Mm -hmm. Are you helping? Mm -hmm. Are you, does it make you feel better to hurt someone you care about? Because then I have other questions for you. Right. But I also use this a lot in couple sessions. I'm like, listen, do you want to be in a relationship or do you want to be right? Yep. And I think that applies to not just romantic relationships, but is your main goal to be right and to win? First of all, my question would be, what is it that you're winning? Because that other person probably is not agreeing with you. They just don't Mm want to be with you anymore. Or do you want to maintain this relationship? Mm -hmm. What is the point of fighting? Usually it's to get to a point where both people can move forward in the relationship. And I don't really see how hurtful statements or statements made to get a reaction. Cause I don't think it always needs to be hurtful. I think sometimes we say things cause we know it's gonna like make the other person nuts. Mm-hmm. Those are not helpful if your goal is to maintain and to maintain the relationship and have it thrive. Yeah. It's never helpful. It just, it's, it's not, it's the opposite yep. of that. And you might be able to overcome that. But yep. like Jarrell said with the erosion like at a certain point you can't unscramble an egg like if mm-hmm. it was said. And so you can only do so much damage before it becomes a problem that you can't fix. Mm-hmm. And so it just doesn't seem worth it to go down that road. Mm-hmm. And if you feel yourself in such a blind rage that you can't help but say something like that, it's time for a break. Yeah. Which is a good segue because something else I would say is utilize breaks mm-hmm. nicely. And, and intentionally. Right. And I say that because <laughs> you have like television shows and movies and everything, it just shows people storming out of rooms all the time. Mm-hmm. Why are we storming Which out of rooms? Is not healthy. No, no storming out of rooms. <laughs> right. Like, just, I feel, I'm trying to think like, is that a blanket rule? And I'm like, yes. Unless like generally on yeah. fire, I can't think of a reason we're storming out of rooms. Right again, operating with the idea of like the people close to you are not like intentionally trying to cause you harm in these crazy ways. Right. So no storming out of rooms. However, there are times where breaks are necessary. Mm-hmm. You have to also break fairly Yeah. because they're just like, there are two people involved in any activity you do together. There are two people involved in this conversation. And so Fun story is that one time I was at dinner with my husband and we overheard slash saw a older couple get into apparently a really big fight. And she got up in the middle of his him eating dessert and left, like left the restaurant. It's like happened several years ago and it is still burned in my brain. Because mm-hmm. she and I, I'm obviously empathizing with the, with one person. I don't know what happened, but this poor man on the phone is now like begging his wife, who has stormed out of the restaurant, to please come back and eat dessert with him. And she's like not coming back. And you see this like vibe of the restaurant where everyone's like, oh my God, did she just like leave in the middle of the meal? Mm-hmm. 
feels like a lot. Mm-hmm. And very similarly to, you know, regardless of obviously that had background, you kind of saw and heard them fighting. Imagine if you're sitting down at a show with somebody and they just like got up and left halfway through. And you're just like, what? They're just like, it was overwhelming me. So I left. You'd be like, that's weird. Why didn't you tell me? I could have helped. Like maybe I would have gone with you or I wouldn't have been concerned or it just, it's a weird thing we don't really do with anything else. So we probably shouldn't do it here. So if you need a break, communicate that to your partner. Hey, I need a break. I can't do this right now. Like I'm just getting, I'm tired. I'm angry. I'm not going to say anything coherent. I don't want to say anything. I'm going to regret. I need a timeout. Mm-hmm. And it is helpful to set a boundary in the timeout. Yep. I need a timeout. I'm going to walk around the block. I'll be back in 10 minutes. Or I need a timeout. I need to go to bed. Can we please talk about this when I get home from work tomorrow instead? Mm-hmm. Or I need to be done for an hour please don't talk to me for 30 minutes, like Mm -hmm. some version of that. And also being open to compromise. Right. And I say that, that the break is not compromise, right? Because you should have to continue a conversation in the moment that you don't feel equipped to manage. Right. But if you say, I don't, I can't, I don't want to talk about this. It's Friday night. I don't want to talk about this till Monday. That might feel really long for someone. Mm -hmm. And I think it's fair to say like, okay, I hear you that you need a break, but can we try to revisit it tomorrow instead? Mm -hmm. And be open to at least revisiting the discussion, for example. Right. You know, somebody might say, hey, I need to talk to you tomorrow. And someone says like, listen, I just am not going to be able to sleep if we don't come to some form of resolution. Can we pause for like 15 minutes and maybe talk this point through and then pause compromise being open to a solution to break that probably doesn't feel that might not feel good for anyone mm-hmm. but feels like okay manageable and both people are being heard yeah um, good enough for both people right because i say this and i'm envisioning like okay don't storm out but like what i also don't think should happen is i need an hour door slam like no no right it should be an agreed upon break. Even if both people don't like it, as soon as someone says, I need a break, you need to honor the break. But I think the terms of the break should, like you said, you be negotiate. good enough for both people. Yeah. Also for the record, if you are blocking anyone from leaving, that is also not healthy. No. As someone should not storm out, you should also not entrap someone. <laughs> so um, yeah, if, so all this to say, if you're noticing and you're hearing these things as we're talking as like part of your, you know, relationship or or things that you've done in the past, like this is all stuff that you can work on. Um, And everyone makes mistakes. We've all said something in the heat of the moment that we didn't need or mean to say actually, even though it kind of, sometimes it feels good to kind of fire off. Right. Um, But we don't have to do those things moving forward Um, because our relationships and I mean, honestly, like our mental health suffers too. It's not okay. For sure. Oh, I thought of one more good one. Yeah. It was really good. Okay. If there is a larger issue that kind of is a pattern or is underlying or doesn't just apply to one situation, 
don't just talk about it in the context of one situation. So for example, let's say you're upset with someone because they're always late. They're not timely, right? They don't show up on time or they make Mm -hmm. you wait at restaurants and whatever. Having the conversation each time they do it, it is very easy to have it just be about that day. Right. Whereas for you, you might be getting progressively more and more upset because it's not about just that day. It's about a big picture. Mm -hmm. But when you just talk about it in the moment of when that specific argument is happening, it becomes just about that. And so, you know, using that example, let's say, you know, you make plans for Saturday night and your partner's late again. Um, 30 minutes late, they're coming from somewhere they don't tell you, you find it super inconsiderate, whatever. You can address your feelings then, but I would also then at a later point in time say like, listen, unrelated to this specific day, this is a bigger issue. And so we're going to talk about it in a more global context, because I think what ends up happening is that the person who maybe is doing the wrong thing thinks it's about a single incident and therefore doesn't give it the seriousness or the importance that it may deserve. Mm -hmm. And therefore you're almost like talking about two different things. And the person who's seeing it as a bigger issue is consistently going to be disappointed or feel unfulfilled with the conversation because you're actually not talking about the thing that it is you need to be talking about. So I'd make that distinction as well of like, is this a one-time situation where like this scenario is just really problematic or is what you're talking about actually a global issue? And if it is, it should be brought up separate and aside from each individual conflict, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, the sort of like the global issue, it's important to be able to, to obviously identify what the global issue is. Like you're always late. But as we said earlier, which I think Rachel said, like you also have to be able to attach the meaning for it to you, mm-hmm. right? Because that's actually the problem more like more often than not. It's not just that the person's late. It's just that that person being late signals to you and you think, well, maybe they don't care about me enough to make me a priority, right? right? And then you're like, oh, that's a whole different thing. That's not just you're late every Saturday when we go out to dinner. What's up with that? That's not just a scheduling issue. That is, oh, like this is what it's feeling like for me, which is why we need to address it as a global issue. Because one, either I need to know if that's the case, (laughs) are you never going to prioritize me? Uh Or two, like if you need to get your schedule together, if it's just a, you know, a tangible thing and you actually do really care and prioritize me. Right. but you just ha- don't have those skills or you haven't paid attention to it in that way. Right. That's an important distinction to make. Yeah. Hopefully you found this helpful, whether it's your romantic partner, family member, coworker, roommate, whoever, um, especially these days when a lot of us maybe are on edge mm-hmm. for other reasons and then we have to interact with people and that's not always a good combo. So it's often not. Yeah. yeah, it's usually not a good combo. Yeah. And you know, that's like an extra bonus tip. You yeah. Know, with yourself too. Yeah. Of just, you have to maintain your own well being as much as possible in order to maintain your relationships. Um, and we can't always do that. There's going to be times where we're real salty, mm-hmm. but both making those times as minimal as possible, 
while also being able to recognize it so you can let others know is super helpful. Like if you've just had a rough day and you come home to your normally enthusiastic partner and you're normally like, yeah, I can't, I am so glad to see you as well. And today you're just not feeling it. Mm -hmm. Let them know. Be like, hey, I'm probably going to seem like a grump. Mm -hmm. It's not about you, but I just need to like not talk. Mm-hmm. And that might, the other person might be like, oh, I'm sad, but it's very different than if you do not put that disclaimer and then you're like stomping around like grumpy McGrumperson mm-hmm. and they're like, the hell is happening right now. Like, why right. am I being treated? Like I'm bothering this person. Right. Well, they might be bothering you, but you got to give them a heads up. So they know to not, right. and they know what it's about. Um, right. And we all have days like that where mm-hmm. it's just like, hey, I'm not feeling it. Like, I'm in a bad mood. So happy to hang out with you. Sorry in advance if I'm salty, but like not feeling it. And yeah. then the other person can adjust accordingly and maybe mm-hmm. they can even support you. Right. So bonus tip thrown in there. Mm-hmm. They just thought of it at the last minute. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. We hope that you will subscribe, rate, there's another thing people do to podcast. Review. Review. It's like all like what do what do you do to podcast? Mm-hmm. Whatever you do to podcast, please do that. And if you would like to hear from us more or just want to say hi, you can follow us on social media at Viva Wellness NYC. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Bye.